I have deadly nightshades, so twisted does it grow. The berries black as midnight, and the skull as white as snow. A vicar's cocky young son came to drink my tea. He took me without asking, and spurred me a tree. <laughs> So, uh, a little uh, welcome to the 49th episode of the True North Witches podcast. I'm going to start with uh, some housekeeping stuff because um, we are getting down to the wire, people. Next week is our creepy cast. So, please get in your weird, creepy, odd stories. I literally have the two um, that I told you about and possibly a few that Stephanie and I are going to research. But other than that, I've got nothing. So um, give to us. Even if you're slightly late for this one, we have one in 15 episodes um, because we're, we're sticking to the... So for our 65th episode, um, we, are, we are looking for any anything. So if you miss getting it in this time around, don't worry, you haven't lost anything. But uh, do get them in so that uh, we can get them up for this episode coming up. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, in three weeks, get your questions in because um, we get to interrogate the boys. Interrogate the boys. Yes, interrogate the boys. So, um, I, <laughs> so I have a um, shit my other half says. Ooh. That rarely happens. And only because now. he thinks he's hilarious. Well, to be fair, he kind of is. Don't no. But don't, don't tell him no. I said that, because then that'll just boost the ego. He doesn't need help. <laughs> um, so this is a new Netflix show called um, Motherland for Salem. Oh. And so he sent me a picture, a screenshot of like the, the picture that he was looking at and goes, witches have gone from burn them to the stake to combating terrorist threats. Damn, you guys are killing it. What a time for witches. <laughs> That's great. Ooh, I have a story. So you've heard a bit of this story, but I'll say it for our listeners. So I bought the book that Fortunate that uh, Stephanie has by Kim Rashidi um, because I thought it was amazing um, and we wanted to kind of do it together on the podcast um, as, a, um, as a, a start to a new thing. So I bought the book. It was supposed to come in Wednesday or Thursday. It came in Wednesday and the delivery guy, TJ had the day off, so it was perfect. Um, the delivery guy notices that something is, is uh, damaged on the package, but my, my receipts, my, my thing on Amazon still says that it has been delivered directly to the customer. But TJ's already told me that delivery person has taken it back because something was damaged. So yeah. I contacted... Um, 
Amazon, uh, just online there, one of their chat people. And they're like, okay, so I still technically paid for the book, but they didn't make me pay for the replacement. And it finally came in on Sunday. So now I have it, but the whole situation was just kind of odd. (laughs) It was just just kind of an odd, odd type of thing to happen. So that was, that was my weird thing that happened this week. So uh, the tarot pull of the day, the lovers literally jumped out at me while I was shuffling. So we'll go with that. And it is upright. The poem associated with the lovers is what you feel about yourself and what you feel about others are in harmonious sameness with love to go around and love to come back. Choices look like blissful rejoices. Guided by love, the highest energy of all, the earth and the mountains will chime in and move to the right place just for you to meet life honestly and let it reveal its true face. Hmm. I actually really well, like that. I really, really like that. And mm. so the lovers, so forward, like I have it, upright is love, union, relationships, values, alignment, and choices, which I think is is a good start because, um, yeah, I, I like that because uh, some things have been calling me out and this seems like a good omen at this point. So that's, that's really nice. Um, also, for those of our witch, just uh, just a little reminder for all of those witches, for all of our witches who um, go by the Sabbaths, May 1st is Beltane. Um, now, Steph and I will not be doing an actual Beltane episode. <laughs> if you're looking for a Beltane episode, go check out our literal third episode um, from this from this episode, these episodes, but um, we will be doing content related to Beltane. So I'm your witchy fact of the day, and my witchy fact comes from um, this lovely magazine I bought. Um, Ooh. This, um, Is that the witches, witchcraft magazine? Or witches magazine? Yeah, so it's, centen- well, Centennial Entertainment, it's done by, it's the truth behind the legends and lores of witches. Ooh fact kind of a story with it too um starts with a woman named um hypatia of alexandria and she wasn't your average fifth century woman trained by her father in mathematics philosophy and astronomy she was a respected academic something reserved for men at the time crowds would gather to hear her speak of plato and aristotle ideas that didn't sit well with Christians in the region. She was also a practicing pagan, though she believed in religious tolerance for all. Decreed as a witch, a mob primarily made up of Christian monks pulled her from her chariot as she was leaving the university in um, 415 AD. The group stripped, stripped her, brutally beat and burned her to death, all, of her, all for her academic work, uh, and then all of it was destroyed. It is one of the first documented instances of an accused witch being murdered, but the phenomenon itself was nothing new, but it's the first documented one. One of the first. Doesn't and, mean and that there why? hadn't been before, was, but... Yeah, that kind of sucks. All, all of her works, all of her um, stuff I think people would be studying today, all been destroyed. That's shit, um, to be fair. So the fact is that it's one of the first. She's one of the documented cases. That, that was my fact. So, um... 
following with our springtime theme, even though I let the dog out today and it was snowing, I am talking about primrose. Um, The name originates from the Latin prima rosa, which means first rose. Uh, from the Primula genus of the Primulaceae family. Now, this rose, it was a little bit difficult for me to find some information specifically about primrose because this genus uh, has anywhere from 490 to 600 species. Um, But it's mainly found in the northern, northern hemisphere in cool or mountainous regions, uh, and they are generally a perennial herb. Uh, However, a few of the species are biennials. Um, They are a low-growing bush uh, that can grow anywhere from 25 to 50 centimeters and from those for those of you who use inches that's 10 to 20 inches Um, some can be though as short as five centimeters again for those of you who use inches it's about two inches and uh, some are as tall as 1.2 meters uh, for those who are you who use feet and inches that's about four feet tall um, so that's not much shorter than I myself am actually so they can get pretty tall uh, even though uh, they are usually a uh, low growing bush Uh, Many are specifically cultivated for their flowers. Uh, They are an ornamental plant uh, that add color to your garden or path or anything like that. They reduce, sorry, they produce clusters of flowers in early spring and last four weeks. Um, Not the number four, but just four weeks. Um, They're native to Europe, Africa, and Asia. And they can range in color from blue, purple, red, and yellow, but you can also find some in pinks and whites as well, uh, I noticed as I was reading. Some of the uses for this plant, uh, they can be used in a variety of ways, uh, such as gardens and landscapes, herbal medicines, aromatherapy, and much, much more. The leaves and flowers of the common primrose, or P. vulgaris, in particular are edible. Again, check to see if you have any allergies that are similar or pertaining to this um, so that you don't have an allergic reaction if consumed or taken as a tea or anything like that. Um, TNY are byproducts of of the leaves and flowers of this plant. Um, Some people will cook and eat the leaves like a vegetable. I kind of think like uh, spinach or kale, I'm assuming, um, when they like fry it up in the frying pan or bake it into things. Uh, The whole plant uh, can be used in herbal medicine. Um, Some types of these flowers or these plants include, remember, these are only a few, there are 460 to 600 species of these plants. So some of these that we usually see are the common primrose or P. vulgaris, the Japanese primrose or uh, P. japonica, cherry blossom primrose, which is P. siaboldi, Hardy primrose, which is P. kisoana, uh, drumstick primrose, which are P. denticulata, bees primrose, uh, P. bessiana, 
cow and cowslip primrose, which are P. varus. So some of the medical properties um, are specific to the evening primrose, uh, and specifically, mainly the oil I've noticed is used in medicinal things. If you're looking for a specific type, I would look up specifically that type. Don't just look up primrose. So if you're looking up any medical properties for like, say, drumstick primrose, look drumstick primrose up specifically um, because I'm not 100% sure. What I looked up was general and therefore I got as general as I could. Um, but usually medical, medicinal properties are in the evening primrose oil or EOE, Oenothera biennis, um, which is native to Europe and North America. The oil is mainly extracted from the seeds of the plant, um, and the oil contains gamma li linolenic acid, or GLA. And no, I'm not going to attempt that again. I know I said it wrong, but from now on, we'll just call it GLA. Uh, Native Americans, for example, used its leaves, roots, and seed pods in preparation for hemorrhoids, bruises, wounds, and skin problems. Uh, evening primrose oils supplements usually came in a capsule form, um, but uh, I, be cautious. I will talk about it later. Be cautious when you're getting the capsules, uh, if you're vegetarian and vegan. And like I said, I will get to that later on in uh, what I'm talking about. Um, people take it to treat conditions such as menstrual conditions, eczema, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoporosis, and di diabetic neurop uh, neuropathy. Um, now, each of these don't have a lot of sufficient evidence, so I'll talk a little bit about each and every one of them and kind of where um, these kind of came from. So in menstrual conditions, it has long been used to treat hot flashes during menopause. Uh, and 2013 study in the archives of gynecology and obstetrics found that a daily dose of evening primrose oil provided modest relief of hot flashes after six weeks, uh, but the evidence remains mixed. And like we said, we are not doctors, so please go uh, ask your general practitioner or a specialist if you're taking anything special um, and things like that. Uh, I do have warnings in the back here, but uh, just note that all of our usual um, do not do this uh, applies. Um, although the severity of hot flashes improved when compared to women uh, who were provided a placebo, the duration and frequency of the episodes did not. It can also sometimes be used to alleviate menstrual cramps and PMS. However, to date, there is no conclusive evidence to, to support these claims. And I have noticed that it is often said in most of these conditions that a lot of the testing and things like that are missing to actually say whether or not that this could be a cure or a help out for these certain types of things. So in eczema, in the 1980s, evening primrose oil was heavily tuted as an effective treatment for eczema by Canadian entrepreneur David Horobin. 
Despite a positive response from consumers, many of the claims have since been debunked in research. According to a 2013 review of studies from the University of Minnesota Medical School, the oil provided no more effective in treating atopic eczema than a placebo in each of the seven reviewed trials. So the same conclusions were effective for effectiveness of treating psoriasis. So blah, 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 let's try that again. So these same conclusions uh, for effectiveness uh, were also noted in bouts of psoriasis and acne um, with the primrose. <clears throat> so with rheumatoid arthritis, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, for those of you who don't know, is a type of autoimmune arthritis and it primarily affects the joints. Uh, some studies have suggested that GLA can reduce pain and improve function in people with mild to moderate rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, however, a 2011 review of studies from Australia concluded that GLA found in evening primrose um, Bogard seed or black currant seed oil provided moderate, in quotes, relief of pain and disability in people with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, the most promising results were seen in people who concurrently used uh, non-steroidical anti-inflammatory drugs, triggering a modest improvement in morning stiffness and joint articulation. So it's not a cure-all, it does help, but not very much. Osteoporosis, an increased intake of unsaturated fat is associated with a reduced risk of osteoporosis, which is bone mineral loss, especially in postmenopausal women. Primrose oil is made up almost entirely of unsaturated fat and is believed by some to counter the bone loss seen in women with osteoporosis. An 18-month study from South Africa reported that the combined use of primrose oil, fish oil, and calcium supplements either slowed or reversed bone loss in older women compared to a control group of similar-aged women given a placebo. And this, the, the age, I believe, was about 79. According to the research, women given the combination this combination experienced an increase of femoral, femoral thigh bone density. While the bone density of the lumbar spine remained unchanged in primrose oil group, the placebo group experienced a decrease in bone density. So there was some change, but not a whole lot. Diabetic neuropathy. In 1993, evening primrose was first pro, uh, proposed as a possible treatment of diabetic neuropathy, an often debilitating nerve pain mainly affecting the feet and legs. Since then, there has been evidence to support some of these claims. A 12-month study from India involving 80 people with severe diabetic neuro, uh, neuropathy concluded that a daily dose of evening primrose oil combined with vitamin E achieved pain relief in 88% of the participants. However promising, the conclusions were limited by the lack of control, uh, also known as a placebo group, uh, to make comparisons. Still, the findings were sufficient enough to warrant further research. Possible side effects? Um, well, like most supplements, uh, there hasn't been much research as we've 
seen uh, assessing long-term safety and uh, and even effectiveness of the evening primrose oil. In some cases, primrose oil may cause side effects such as stomach upset, headache, nausea, and diarrhea. Most of the side effects are low grade and resolve once you start stop. Sorry, once you stop taking the oil. Evening primrose oils should be used cautiously if you have certain medical conditions. For example, it may increase the risk of bleeding in people with bleeding disorders or those taking anticoagulants or blood thinners. If you have upcoming surgery, uh, you should generally stop taking the oil two weeks before to prevent excessive bleeding. And pregnant women should not take evening primrose oil since it may increase the risk of miscarriage or induced labor. And like we've always said, check with your doctors and specialists as a, we are not doctors ourselves. So um, get the right facts from the right people. Drug interactions. Evening primrose oil can interact with a specific number of medications, either reducing the drug's efficiency or triggering side effects. These include anti-clotting drugs like Fragmin, uh, anticoagulants like Coumadin, Heparin, Lovnox, and Clovix. Antipsychotic drugs like Compazine, Melorin, Permatil, Stelazine, and Thurazine. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like aspirin, Advil, Aleve, and Voltaren. And these are just the names of drugs. Um, so like Advil um, is also ibuprofen. So if you're taking ibuprofen, whether it's in one of the medications that you take or it's ibuprofen versus Advil, I would check that as well. Um, advise your doctor if you are taking evening primrose oil or any supplement to avoid drug interactions and potential serious side effects or vice versa. Check with your doctor before you even start primrose oil from what I'm getting from all of the information <laughs> that I'm getting. So I have a little bit about what to look for. Now we're in Canada, so I would specifically check Canadian sites or wherever you live sites, this is specific to the United States. Um, so with the United States, a dietary supplements like evening primrose oil are not required to under undergo the rigorous testing that pharmaceutical drugs do. Instead, the US Food and Drug Administration imposes certain standards regarding the manufacture and labeling of the supplement. Even so, there is often considerable variation in the quality of supplements like evening primrose oil. To ensure quality and safety, only buy supplements certified by an independent body such as US Pharma Pharmacopoeia NSF International and Customer Lab. If you are uh, strictly vegetarian or vegan, uh, only choose brands labeled vegetarian safe or vegetarian soft gels. Unless this is stated clearly on the label, the capsule may be made with uh, animal-based gelatins, usually beef or pig. Um, like I stated in the beginning there, just be careful because uh, a lot of the capsules do hold that. So even if it's not just primrose oil, be sure is what you're getting, especially if you're vegetarian or vegan. Some folk names for this plant, uh, specifically for primrose by itself, 
Uh, you can call it butter rose, English cowslip, or password. Evening primrose does have uh, some of its own folk names, such as king's cure-all, night candle, fever plant, night willow herb, scabbish, suncrop, skirvish, and wild beet. Its gender is feminine. It's a Venus herb or plant. It's an earth element. Its deity is Freya or Freya or however any of you pronounce that. Um, its powers are in protection and love, um, love due to the rose in quotes association. Uh, some magical uses this uh, herb or flower has. Uh, the blue and red primroses grow in the garden to protect it from all adversaries, and they also attract fairies. Though primroses, to some respects, hold wantonness when we carry them to attract love. They are also worn to cure madness and are sewn into children's pillows to gain their undying respect and loyalty. A little bit of history folklore. In the Victorian language of flowers, evening primrose represents fickleness. The scientific name comes from Greek, but is unclear which Greek words it comes from. It could be anos theorus, meaning donkey catcher, or oianosnos theorus, meaning wine seeker, to make things even more confusing because they weren't already. It also comes from a Latin term, um, oinothero, meaning a plant whose juices may cause sleep. Okay. Um, I didn't- That sounded dirty. Yeah. Dirty? Dirty. Okay. I could deal with dirty. We always do. We always seem yeah. to. Um, I didn't find very many magical uses for this plant, um, but I do have a little bit. Uh, Eliphas Levi recommended uh, evening primrose to decorate altars for moon ceremonies. Um, you can use the whole plant as a bath tea to make your inner beauty show through and increase your desirability to potential lovers and friends. Again, if you're allergic to anything in the same family i would i would not do this just 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 stick with what you know uh evening primrose is also used in magic related to hunting and success in achieving one's goals try it in a spell to increase your luck in finding a new job i would say that primrose if you can't find much on it i would say generally use your intuition and intention when using this herb. Um, our two lovely I words that we still need some kind of jingle with because I swear we say it enough. <laughs> I'm surprised that with this whole series and with the way we do things, people haven't come up with a drinking game for how many times we say either we are not a doctor or we are not doctors, or intention, or intuition. Here's the thing. They could be, but we don't know about it yet. Exactly. So if you are, let us know. Let us know on any of our social medias or email us. Let us know if you've come up with a drinking game. Or if you haven't, let us know and we'll probably come up one with, for one with you. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, that's really all I had for Primrose. Um, but I found my sources through Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, <coughs> Britannica.com, Forgius.com, WebMD, uh, Very Well Health, Wikipedia, and Good Witches Magical Flowers and Herbs, which was um, a blog. Um, I would say I would really encourage you because there had a lot more information specifically on this plant uh, in there that I that wasn't as relevant to the witchy side of it. So I'd encourage uh, you to check them out. Uh, they have so much more information um, that than I could get in here that you would want to listen to me um, speak about. So I encourage you to go check it out and read it for yourselves. Talking about um, Belladonna. And you know, <laughs> I just put two and two together about it, even though I was researching it um, over the weekend. So it's really great. You know, do you remember that witchy fact about um, broomsticks and the flying ointment? Yes. Like, I think that was one that I did. One of the main. It? it was, yeah. One of the main ingredients of um, flying ointment is um, belladonna. Oh, I didn't put two and two together. Oh, my because God. Um, it causes feel the feeling of feeling like you're flying. You feel like elated, like it. Yeah, Mike says so. It's like weed then. Yes, but to go up your um, lady bits. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. <Huh. laughs> so, <laughs> Belladonna is. Um, it's native to Europe and North Africa and Western Asia. Its gender is female, planet is Saturn, element is water, and powers astral projection and divination. Which, now that I think about the whole astral projection part, I mean, hmm. Belladonna is a plant with rigid stalks <laughs> that grows into branches. A perennial plant, it can grow up to three feet tall. Flowers are uh, shaped like bells and have a purplish brown color. The berries are black, about the size of cherries, with lots of seeds and juice as dark as ink. Belladonna can grow in partial shade in chalky soil. So belladonna is probably one of the most famous herbs among witches, sometimes referred to as deadly nightshade, altropa belladonna, devil's cherries, and dwal, which that word comes from the Scandinavian adol, meaning sleep. The name Belladonna originates from the Latin Belladonna, meaning beautiful lady. As the Romans prized this plant for its unique cosmetic properties, Belladonna has been associated with witches for a very long time, <laughs> being cited on a list of ingredients for a medieval potion called flying ointment. It has also been used for military purpose purposes, both as a poisoning agent as well as an antidote. The poisonous juice of the plant was used by the Scottish army to intoxicate and incapacitate the Norwegian troops of King Sven uh, Knutsen, who attempted to take Scotland from Duncan I. It was also used in World War II by the Allied forces. Um, atropine, an alkaloid derived from belladonna, was the only known antidote to the nerve gas used by the Germans. Belladonna is sacred to the fates and is associated, associated with Atropos, the fate who cut the thread of life. Uh, Belladonna was also believed to take the form of a, of a woman who is beautiful but dangerous to meet. Um, though the herb is poisonous, it features prominent, prominently in witchcraft, nonetheless. While they should not be ingested, they should also be known and understood. 
and Altropa belladonna was named by the naturalist Carlos Lenos. Um, its evocative name brings to mind the fates, the servants of beauty and love. <laughs> so belladonna synthesizes atropine, um, which is absorbed rapidly in the bloodstream. Upon entering the bloodstream, it produces a number of symptoms. So like if, if belladonna enters the system. Um, according to an old saying, belladonna causes anyone exposed to feel hot as a hare, blind as a bat, dry as a bone, and red as a beet, and mad as a hen. Among these symptoms is dilation of the pupils, which the ladies of Romanist aristocracy appreciated. Um, belladonna juices were distilled and dropped into the eyes of enla to enlarge the pupils, causing the eyes to appear large, dark, um, and appear like that dreamy eye look. Um, it was well documented that enlarged pupils were a sign of sexual arousal and attract the opposite sex. Thus, belladonna was used by the Roman women to attract men. Uh, it was also used in um, Italy. Well, Rome, Italy. However, once the dosage was just right, using belladonna would often produce a glassy, staring appearance as the people would be mostly immobile. And the constant use eventually would lead to total blindness. Because you know, pain is beauty. <clears throat> um, it also um, is said to have been used to uh, lighten um, the complexion of women because fair skin is what was attractive um, back then. Used magically for seduction and the amplification of visions, a potentially a potently poisonous herb and obviously should not be ingested. Berries can be included in a scrying charm by folding the dried berry within the sigil and placing the charm in the scrying mirror to charge it with intention on the sigil for what you wish to see. Due to its association with attraction, it is tempting to use in love spells. However, remember that the flowers of belladonna are solitary and its power in the temporary illusion of beauty. Seduction and, seduction and love are not the same thing. Um, due to its narcotic nature, Baldana was originally used to encourage astral production and to aid in producing visions. <laughs> According to ancient myths, Baldana belonged to the devil, who tends to it all year except on Walpurgis when he prepares for the witch's Sabbath. Another derivation comes from the plant's um, generic name, Altropa, which is derived from the Greek Atropos, the fate that cuts the thread of human life. Both of these myths reference the plant's deadly poisonous nature. Uh, today, belladonna is very rarely used. All parts of the plant are extremely poisonous, especially the root. Even today, there are reports of accidental deaths associated with ingestion of this nightshade. There are much safer alternatives on the market today to include or to induce visions and aid in astral projection. So belladonna is best avoided. This is an extremely poisonous plant. There is no, mm, you might be okay. Extremely poisonous. And like we said, we're not doctors. So don't just take it. Like it's not good for you, especially when we're not doctors and we're telling you not to do the thing. Yeah. Like, come on now. There is, you know, saying maybe it's okay, but check with your doctor. And there is a don't fucking do it, and we're saying don't fucking do it. Yeah, don't do it, bro. Um, so it has a long history of use as medicine. Um, obviously cosmetics and poison. Before the Middle Ages, it was used as an, 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 aesthetic, an aesthetic for surgery. The ancient Romans used it as a poison. Um, in fact, the wife of Emperor Augustus and the wife of Claudius both were rumored to have used it for murder. Uh, and predating this, it was used to make poison-tipped arrows. Um, the, 
Um, so because it was used in eye drops by women to dilate pupils, um, that whole like making them seem seductive just seems like weird to me. But back then, like it was the thing to do and it was people told them it was safe. Um, but like that similar like it's like that also that TikTok that's going around, like no one wants a waist over nine inches, which first off no one incorrect for the time period that we think, but the line that I'm thinking of is the makeup with lead poison because of a lot of makeup yeah. contained or were made out of things yeah. that were poisonous. Yeah, even so I because I like I I like to collect um, makeup compacts from the 50s and that contained extremely toxic stuff. And a couple of the pieces that I have still have makeup so like, and I've actually gotten out my hand a few times and it's like super itchy uh, whenever I've, it's happened. Did you know Belladonna was referenced or used in uh, Practical Magic? Like it's referenced in Practical Magic? I think so. Though I couldn't tell you the exact scene that I remember it from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a little word of caution for people who still try to use it. It is important to note that belladonna should never be consumed, eaten, or taken internally. When handling belladonna or other poisonous plants, herbs, extra caution is needed, such as wearing gloves, having a special area or space to work with the plant. Some poisonous plants emit toxic vapors that can cause dizziness, nausea, giddiness, or may have a foul odor. Take extreme caution when working with or handling belladonna if you have pets or children around you. This includes teenagers who, have, who may be curious about curious but unaware of the consequences of touching or handling these plants herbs. Such plants should be kept in containers out of reach and properly labeled. That being said, any herbs, plants, ointments containing any part of belladonna should be used with extreme caution. I would like to add to that. Um, you can find there is, I don't even know where it was from, but they, I have it in my references for herbs that there are like a lot of things there magically are uh, substitutes yeah substitutes for things like poisonous herbs and um for actually any poisonous herbs actually we've talked about how rosemary is generally you can generally use it for <laughs> to substitute any herb and then I think it's rose you can it's like a any yeah. flower um tobacco can apparently substitute any poisonous herb and if you don't feel comfortable enough to utilize the actual herb um like I'm not uh <laughs> I'm just something about herbs and poison just sets off some little part of my anxiety um so i generally use tobacco instead of any of the see it doesn't um it doesn't give me anxiety the thought of handling it something poisonous it's i know for a fact that i'm stupid and i'm going to do like do something stupid like um i say i'll be handling it and then go to like scratch my lip do you, and then and then lick my lips like I'm, I'm i'm that person 
Darling, I've been the person who you've been dealing with spicy shit and you hate spicy shit and you go to rub it on your lip and you go, I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it is a part of the Solen- Solensa family of plants, um, which most of the plants in that genus are known as nightshades. Um, this plant family of plants includes other toxic plants, such as henbane, but also others that are common and non-toxic, such as potatoes, tomatoes, and tobacco. So potatoes is part of the same like family. <laughs> and you know, I love potatoes. I could put potatoes in everything. Or rice. Potatoes are so versatile. Nom, 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 nom. They are. So, as I was saying, um, the root tobacco is considered. But you could also probably use a potato. Yes. Um, the root of the belladonna is considered the most toxic part of the plant. However, this can vary, and generally every part of the plant is toxic. So, belladonna begins to flower in the months of June or July and continues to bloom until September, which then the berries begin to ripen at the time. These berries are particularly sweet and are known to be to children, which is highly advised to keep these plants out of gardens where children are unsuspecting of them. How did they find out that they're sweet? Some poor soul decided to eat them. (laughs) Ate it and was like, wow, this tastes really good, and then dropped it. (laughs) How did anybody figure out that some herbs were poisonous? Or that some herbs made you it's high. like that, like that TikTok of like their the background is like a cave. They're clearly like Neanderthals, and they have a note. And their their friend is doing something stupid, and they die. And they're like, "All right, noted." Don't do that. <laughs> that is bad. Um, other names for belladonna are like Ben Bainwort, Salata, and Devil's Herb. Because I already said the others. Not to be confused with devil's lettuce. <laughs> yeah, not the same thing. Which, by the way, happy 420 to all of our stoner friends. Oh, yeah, we're fudge. First, so last we week, back. where we don't even realize that we're recording on our, like, legitimate one year. And then this week, when we don't even realize that we're freaking recording on 420. Well, yeah. Also, it's cold outside, so I would not recommend going out and smoking a bowl. Mm-hmm. So in traditional medicine, um, example, like older medicine, um, belladonna has also been used to treat narcotic pain rel- as a narcotic pain reliever, reliever, motion sickness, nausea, anticonvulsant, gout, heartburn, muscle relaxant, menstrual pain reliever, anti-ulcer, <laughs> sedative, anti-asthmatic, joint pain, and nerve pain. However, if belladonna is ingested, your symptoms are confusion, blurred vision, light sensitivity, dry mouth, spasms, seizures, convulsions, pupil dilation, fever, delirium, inability to to sweat or urinate, hallucinations, rapid heartbeat, heart arrhythmia, respiratory failure, coma, and then death. They have the death listed as a symptom. Oh, it's just a symptom of... Belladonna. Um, this is all a, a child can easily succumb from eating only two berries of belladonna, while an adult only 10 to 20 berries consumed can prove fatal. Only. <laughs> only. only. Okay. An oral overdose. And I got most of my resources from 
folk magic and healing and unusual history of everyday plants by Fez Inkwright. Ooh. And modern witchcraft guide to magical herbs. Yeah, I require by both. By Jody and Nock. I require both. This I would highly recommend. It's Which one is that? One? Oh, this gorgeous. is folk magic and healing and unusual history. Find that and on I Amazon. I also got stuff from um and send it to me because Wikipedia. We both got stuff from Wikipedia. Hey, look at that. They're a good resource, though. Disclaimer, please, please. Like, we are only one part of your research, but we give you tons of good websites to go minus WebMD and Wikipedia. Um, I know Moody Moons is a very good resource. Lucky Mojo is a very good resource. Wikipedia can be a very good resource. A lot of the books that we use are wonderful resources. Um, I've got the Healing Remedies source book, the, um, the uh, Scott Cunningham's uh, Encyclopedia of Herbs um, that Steph wants to steal <laughs> half the time. <laughs> Mm, it is a good one. I do have um, Belladonna and the deities. Mm. So Belladonna is connected to the goddess of Bologna, Circe, and Hecate. Bologna is the Roman goddess of war. Her Greek equivalent is Enyo. Her counterpart or brother is sometimes said to be God Mars or Ares. Bologna's festival celebrated on June 3rd, and a temple for her was de um, dedicated in 296 BCE. Obviously, Hecate is the Greek goddess of magic, witchcraft, witchcraft and necromancy, just to name a few of the domains under the, this goddess. Uh, Circe is the goddess, is the Greek enchantress and sorceress, um, the daughter of Halos and Perse, an ocean nymph, or the goddess um, Hecate. Some sources connect Circe with the plant Belladonna, while others refrain from it. Um, Belladonna can be connected to the planet Mars, which links the feminine attributes of this plant to Bellona. Uh, the Plutonian aspects of Belladonna and its bewitching attributes can connect to Hecate and Circe. Working with these goddesses and the connection to Belladonna can be powerful to get what one wants at any cost. Um, now, when I say that, I don't mean that like going and using this um, will suddenly get you everything that you want because that's not how witchcraft works because if it was, I'd be a millionaire by now with um, a huge house and several cars. And our own shop so, where uh, you... In our own yeah. shop, yes. Where I don't have to work uh, anymore. So when, whenever a, like whenever something tells you that, like you use this and you'll get whatever you want, um, obviously don't listen to it. It's, it's, it's bullshitting you. Well, that's all we have for you today, folks. That's all, folks. That's all, folks. <laughs> anyway, that's all we have for you for this week, which is remember that uh, next week is our creepy cast. So please get your creepy, weird, odd stories in before I want to say, let's say, get them in before um, Sunday, the 25th. Friday, Sunday. Sunday. Sounds Sunday. Good. Um, the 25th, so that uh, we have them. We need them by the 25th in order to have them for when we record by the 27th. If you send them in later than that, have no fear. 
We'll put them in our next episode on the 65th episode. Um, but we would we would like to have them for this one. Um, so send them to us. I already have a couple of ideas of what I actually want to talk about. Um, uh, but uh, we do have a couple, few, fewer couple, one of those two. We have two or three um, ones already sent to us, but I would like to try to make it dedicated to most of you guys rather than hear us speak. So um, send them in. I will remind anybody who's on Facebook because um, at last check, we were at... 666 people on Facebook. Um, so please send us the devil's number. But as always, you can send your creepy stories or questions for our non-witchy other halves to our email at truenorthwitches at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us on TikTok uh, at truenorthwitches. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash TNW podcast. Or, you know, let your fingers do the walking. Check out True North, which is just in the search bar. You'll still find us. Very true. Um, also, check us out on Facebook at True North Witches. On Twitter, where we one tweet. Never tweet. At, well, I think you've one tweeted. Have you mm-hmm. one tweeted? I think you've one tweeted. Or you retweeted one tweet. at true north witches you can also catch us on youtube at true north witches and we do have a website where you can find us www.truenorthwitches.com is there one more instagram you can also find us on instagram at true witches (laughs) whisper because they can't hear us right (laughs) um um anyway that's all we have for you for this episode which is you can see us in our next episode or if you need to get into contact with us any of the ways that we have suggested um is perfectly well um like i said our patreon is up and running um so if you want to see um some extras i sometimes uh actually starting this week um i am putting up some screenshots of some of our um episode from last week so you'll see that Hmm. um but uh some behind the scenes um i do have some tears up it is actually ready to go um so check us out there um, I think maybe if you want to check out, um, we've got at least one blog up on our website. Uh, yes. And we might drew a blog or two on the, for a bonus episode up onto Patreon. I haven't decided which. But anyway, you will see us in our next episode, which is, which is our creepy cast. Have a wonderful week, witches, and we will see you in the next episode creepy cast. Bye. All right. See ya. Bye.
you know, like. I get that because at one point in the 90s, butterfly clips were a thing. There, there's a bunch of like. <laughs> <laughs> Deadly poison butterfly clips. Totally the same thing. Totally the same thing. 